Hello and welcome to the Icon Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Justin Anderson. I am the lead pastor of Icon Church. And uh, this season, I am joined by Josh Searcy, our spiritual formation director. Say hi, Josh. Hey, guys. Now you're supposed to say hi, Josh. Hi. Hi, Josh. There you go. Good. Uh, this season is uh, all about mental health and, uh, and how it affects our leadership and how we can kind of think through um, ways to manage our health, to grow in health. Uh, and so each week we are tackling a different mental health issue, uh, first kind of connecting it to our leadership. So um, half the battle is just being able to see how, uh, whether it is isolation or shame or anxiety or whatever it is, uh, how that's affecting our leadership. We may be blind to that. Um, and then to be able to kind of tease out, like, how does the gospel speak to these issues? So um, always with, with, these, uh, with these mental health issues, the answer is uh, for us to look at who God is and how he can make us mentally and emotionally whole. And, and as a result, that gives us the space to become the leaders we've always wanted to be. So this is uh, being recorded in what is now, gosh, the third wave of COVID. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the waves just keep on coming. Um, we are in November of 2020, and uh, we are still basically on lockdown. Uh, our governor here has uh, uh, added more restrictions, and so we're kind of back to where we were at the beginning of this thing, and it just feels crushing uh, to be making no progress. And so I know a lot of people are dealing with uh, mental health, uh, and I know I am, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's a timely uh, moment for us to be talking about these things and how uh, the scriptures and the Christian story uh, speak to it. So today we are talking about shame. Josh, uh, it feels like shame is probably the most universal experience when it comes to some of these topics that we're going to cover, right? Like we all know the experience of shame well. Uh, but my guess is we don't have the right language to be able to identify what it is. So what is shame? Yeah, man. So I, I think you're right that there is, uh, everyone knows the experience of shame, but we have a hard time kind of getting our, ha our hands around what it is. And so the way that I've kind of thought about it and defined it is that shame is the, the deeply held belief that there is something fundamentally wrong with what we are. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, kind of in the, our, the series that kind of goes along with this and the other mental health series that just kind of looks at mental health alone, uh, I talk about one of the experiences I had when I was 17 and having some uh, sin come out in my life and my, uh, you know, high school girlfriend at that time uh, labeling me and telling me, you are disgusting. And in that moment that she said that, I assented to that and said, yes, I know, I am disgusting. And what that did in that moment is changed what I am. I was no longer a image bearer. I was no longer a child of God redeemed and in need of help, in need of grace. Rather, I was something and that, that something was disgusting. And so shame seeks to kind of tell us this story about, uh, you know, it kind of looks at the events of our lives and the failures of our lives and begins to sell us this narrative that you are something. And, and that something is always going to be subhuman. It's always going to take away really key pieces of what it means to be made in the image of God and to be redeemed in Christ. And so that, that's kind of the uh, definition I would give for, for shame. So that sounds like uh, it's connected to identity. 
yeah. uh, more than it is behavior. Yep. Yeah. So yep. tell me the difference between shame and guilt. Right. So shame, like I said, you know, it's, it's trying to change what you are, who you are. Guilt is uh, almost more of a objective look at what you've done wrong. And mm. so guilt is, uh, I mean, the Bible talks about guilt all the time and that we are guilty. The Bible labels us as guilty and it's because there are objective actions, thoughts, and desires that are sinful in us that make us guilty. But that, that doesn't change the essence of who we are like shame does. Mm. Uh, guilt kind of uh, gives us the facts and shows us what we've done and what we've done wrong. And we should rightly feel a right sense of guilt. Uh, but that's different from being, uh, having those failures and having those sins change what you are at your core. Yeah, that's helpful. Okay, so let's talk about how this affects our leadership specifically. How does buying into the narrative of shame affect and hinder our leadership? Well, first, I think it's it's important to say that, uh, you know, shame is really good at getting into any area of life. Uh, leadership isn't exclusive to that, but I think leadership has a specific, uh, you, you know, there's certain things about leadership that make it easy for shame to come in. Uh, one of which is just a the failure as a leader. All of us in some way are failing as a leader. Uh, and because we don't know how to process that failure and maybe feel uh, maybe a right sense of guilt or the right uh, tinge in us to, to change. We, we don't know how to process that failure. And so we, we begin to see or we begin to buy into that story and narrative that I am this type of leader. I am this type of person. And so I think leadership gives uh, some really fertile soil for shame to, to come in. And, and the way that it affects our leadership, I think, is that shame kills our creativity. It kills the opportunity and the, the confidence that should be there to be a creative leader who's coming up with new solutions, new ideas, new, new ventures for the organization or for the group or for the church. And so, uh, le you know, leadership requires creativity. Uh, otherwise, we just kind of stay static and don't move things forward in a helpful way. And creativity specifically, I think, is, uh, is an act of of mimicking God. You know, we talk about this all the time at Icon, that we are made in the image of God. And part of that means that we are to be creative people, uh, you know, following in the steps of our creating God uh, and moving forward that cultural mandate in Genesis 1. And so, uh, and so uh, with that, if shame disintegrates my sense of dignity and tells me that I am a certain type of leader, I become fundamentally insecure as a leader. I begin to buy into the story that I'm this way, I'm always going to be this way. Uh, and because of that, the, the confidence that it takes to be creative and to think creatively, to act and lead creatively is completely zapped. Mm. We, have, we have no ability to really feel like we have been gifted by God to do this, even though we fail, even though we're not the leaders we wish we could be, uh, we, we fail to see how God has gifted us and really use that to, to be confident and therefore creative. Yeah. Well, and, and gosh, if shame is the kind of disintegration of ourselves um, and, and personhood, uh, let alone leadership, requires us to step into all of ourselves right. and, and all of our image-bearing capacity, then uh, creativity is certainly an, an, uh, an implication of this or lack of creativity. 
But man, uh, shame can disintegrate a lot of different pieces of our lives and our sense of self and our kind of holistic view of uh, of ourselves as image bearers of God. Yeah. It like takes chunks of ourself away uh, and leadership requires us to bring all of ourselves. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty massive, uh, massive implication. So then kind of working towards solutions, how does the grace of God uh, affect shame in the context of leadership. Right. So uh, first, just to kind of define the grace of God, there's a lot of different ways to talk about it. But the way that the phrase that I kind of use in my head and in my own life is, is grace is God doing for us and in us that which we could never do for ourselves. Say that again. Uh, grace is God doing for us and in us that which we could never do for ourselves. And so Grace helps us here because it doesn't it doesn't put the onus on us to to change ourselves. Rather, it tells us a different, better story about us and restores some some dignity to us. And it's really good because the story that Grace tells about us is not one sided in the sense of like, oh, you're okay. It's Grace is not a pat on the head to say that you're you know you just need to stop listening to how you failed and all those things. Uh, it's actually a a fuller and more comprehensive story. And what I mean by that is that Grace. <clears throat> Grace outs us as the sinner that we are. You know, Jesus being publicly crucified is as much of an outing as me of me being a failure as I'll ever need. The fact that it took the Son of God to die in order for me to be saved, in order for me to be restored, tells something about me, tells the truth about me and how much of a sinner I truly am. But also it tells that other side as well that grace doesn't just out me as a sinner, but also shows me the love of God and restores me into a place of dignity. And so, uh, and so I think grace just, it, it takes and uh, removes the crushing weight of sin and failure. It no longer makes it, uh, makes sin something that is uh, going to undo that core piece of our dignity and of our personhood. Uh, and so because of that, it kind of lifts us up back into into the right place. And so when we do that, when we begin to, when grace begins to lift us up out of that uh, crushing narrative of shame, then we're, we're restored to that right place of image bearers and of child of God. And because of that, we can kind of re-embrace that creative role that we've been given. And so uh, that, that that's kind of how I think grace overcomes that narrative of shame to where we can get back to leveraging the creative gifts that we've been given because we're confident in grace, not in ourselves. It takes the onus away from us. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so then moving towards takeaways, what are some action items? What, what, is, uh, what can we do uh, when we are recognizing shame in our lives, uh, when we're recognizing that we're buying into a false narrative about who we are? Um, how, what can leaders do specifically to get out from under shame? Yeah. Uh, and so I think leaders specifically have some things, but I think also there's some things that, uh, whether you're a leader or not, is helpful. And so uh, I think that shame begins to wilt away when you embrace vulnerability. Uh, vulnerability begins to kill shame. And I would just give some really, you know, maybe practical ideas of how to embrace vulnerability. One is uh, to sit down, like this week, sit down and just journal out the ways that you've uh, failed as a leader. And then begin to slowly expound and kind of analyze the ways that those failures have have crossed the barrier into shame, have begun to tell you a certain story about uh, how you're a certain type of leader and, and because of that fundamentally 
insecure. And so take time and just journal it out and really analyze what, what, it, what are the failures, what are the consistent ways that I'm failing as a leader that make me feel like I am something other than image bearer of God and child of God. And then share that with someone, like a, a trusted ally, a trusted friend, uh, share that with them and be vulnerable. That's going to that's gonna slowly begin to take away some of those basic building blocks of shame. Uh, and then second, I would say embrace creative leadership even when you feel shame. Like the more that we embrace, uh, live in leadership as if the grace of God is as good as the Bible says that it is. Mm-hmm. Live in leadership in the confidence of grace and that's going to slowly, the more that you embrace that creativity, again, that's going to slowly undo some of those basic building blocks of shame because you get, instead of this self-feedback loop of shame, you begin to get the feedback loop of like, oh, I have been gifted by God. Those gifts are being redeemed by grace, and so I can be creative. I am confident to move forward in creativity. Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, this is super helpful even for me. It occurs to me, you know, a simple, I'm a very simple-minded person. And so, uh, you know, reducing things down to simple sentences and phrases is super helpful for me. And it almost, the, the phrase that keeps kind of ringing in my head is like, shame is the lie that your sin is you. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the gospel tells us that um, what we are never changes. Yeah. Right. That, that we are image bearers of God and that never changes. We've never been a, a one degree more or one degree less an image bearer of God than we are today. And nothing we've done good or bad changes that even one degree. And yeah. so that lie that w- the evil I have done and certainly have done, yeah. but that the evil I have done changes who I am is, is the source of shame. And, and that's, uh, that's a super helpful connection. So thank you, Josh. Uh, thank you, uh, those of you who are tuning in today. Um, we are continuing in this series for several more weeks. This is week three. Uh, next week, Josh, what are we talking about next week in the podcast? We're going to talk about isolation and how that affects leadership. Well, that's pretty timely yeah. uh, for, <laughs> for this time of quarantine. <laughs> Uh, so tune in next week, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We believe here at Icon that leadership development, uh, is the key, uh, to, uh, any successful organization that healthy leaders make healthy churches and healthy teams and healthy groups and healthy organizations. So we want you to be your healthiest and most equipped self. So thank you again and, uh, join us next week.